Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo. Here with you on a Thursday morning. We are very glad to be with you. Glad you've made us part of your day at supertalk.fm. Wherever it is you're getting podcasts from, we appreciate you guys joining us and, and, and talking some MSU sports with us today. I want to thank our servicemen and women who got a great tribute tonight at the Hump. Uh, the Military Appreciation Night, always a, a pleasure to be a part of that. Uh, so I want to thank you guys as well. I want to thank our sponsors, the Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Uh, they are they they. I'm about to break and get some coffee. I'm really tired. I didn't sleep well. It's two nights in a row. I don't know what's going on. Normally, I sleep like the dead. Well, if you're going to start drinking coffee, mm-hmm. I would not advise doing it right now when you're wanting to go to yeah, bed. Yeah, I want to go to bed. So maybe, maybe. Now, maybe like tomorrow. If I, don't, if I don't sleep tonight. Tomorrow when you're like, I'm tired and it's 10 a.m., yeah. that would be a good time to if start. I, if I'm tired tomorrow, that might be the time. So, uh, Or maybe I could just get some ice cream. We'll I'll be honest, rush. though, for me. Yeah. Very few bad times for some strange brew. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Always a good time when you go up in there. also want to thank College Corner, our good friends down there in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland, over by Fleet Feet, or in Flowood by the Half Shell. And, of course, you can shop with them online wherever you are in this great state or great country of ours, maybe even in the world, at collegecornerstore.com. And check out their incredible selection of Mississippi State merchandise. When you want your house to be maroon and white, when you want to let people know that you're a Bulldog, you need to get your gear from College Corner. Especially this time of year when it's cold, it's about to be, but it's about to be warm. We're about a month away or so from being warm again. You gotta make that transition from sweatshirts and hoodies to t-shirts. It's Mississippi, we may only be twelve hours from it being warm again. Who You're knows? not wrong. No, it's supposed to be cold tomorrow. Yeah, it is. I think it's supposed to be cold it, like Friday too for baseball. Well, it is. They move. It's when they move the games up again to yeah. one p.m. So. Yeah. So, so check them out, College Corner, either of their two locations or online at collegecornerstore.com. We 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 got a lot of basketball to talk about. We got some football to talk about, but we're gonna start off real quick. With a, a disclaimer, or call it what you will, about JT Ginn, we don't know. No, here's what I can tell you guys. Uh, if you want the latest, greatest Joel T. JT Ginn. Mm-hmm. Hey, I guess I'm JT too, aren't I? Yes. Uh, the JT Ginn update, though. You don't want the JT Coleman update. No. Who cares about that one? Uh, the JT Ginn update from J- JT Coleman is that I have texted the appropriate parties, As the people I. that would know. Yes. Um, more than one person that would know. Correct. And not a soul has texted me back. Right. Which to me means if it was a load of bullcrap, usually I would get the text that don't know where you're hearing that. That is incorrect kind of deal. Right. Seeing as to how I have heard nothing from anybody, it leads me to believe, and yes, I am at this juncture guessing, but usually when you hear nothing, it means something's up. Right. We uh, will see at 2 p.m. today because we talked to Chris Lamonis. And in case you haven't missed it, uh, this tweet from Kylie McDaniel, who works for ESPN as one of their baseball insiders. Mississippi State right-handed pitcher JT again, possible top 10 pick in the summer strap, is out indefinitely with a sore arm. As Velo was down from 90 to 90, 90, 90 to 92, down from the usual 93-95 in preseason and in his 2020 debut. And for folks that like wonder why sometimes national guys would get something like that. I mean, these guys know scouts. They know yeah. parents. I mean, you just... They have contacts they, that we don't have. Yeah. And 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 two, as someone... Th- and we would be, get into... He can call JT Ginn. He can talk to JT Ginn directly. If you or I were to contact JT Ginn, that, it would, would, that would be a problem for, for us. We would get... It we would, could call on carpet. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Simple as that. We're, we, we are <laughs> all player contact for us goes through media relations. We are not allowed. At least if you want to, uh, 
have a pleasant working experience. Yes. Anyway, I mean, yeah. you, you you're you're welcome to try other means, but as we have seen in other sports, it will should go you go that you. means, you best be ready. You're gonna take some. You have to. You're gonna have to shovel a little crap at that yeah. point. So. And, and quite frankly, there are some things in life that's worth taking that chance. Mm-hmm. This is a, a potential injury to a kid is not one for me that I'm gonna risk no, anything so. on. So we'll <laughs> find out what to the, today uh, or later today at two o'clock. We talked to Coach Lamonis uh, prior to this weekend series with Oregon State. But beyond that, I, I don't know. So if anyway, you're, if you're hitting us up on Twitter. We don't know. You will know by the time we record pro- tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning, but yes. we will talk about it on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning. I will have live video of the press conference at Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find out for yourself. Just watch. And I will right watch there. Brian record the live video. It's all. It's all. It's all. It's all. Maybe connected. I can even ask the question so that you can hear my voice on the live video. There you go. That, that gets team. to the bottom of all this. All right. Let's talk about Mississippi State basketball because they had to win, and they did win. Uh, they made it a lot more interesting than they probably needed it to. Lost a turned an eight point lead with twenty four seconds left to into a one point game. Oh, yeah, in like seventeen seconds. Yeah, like yeah. you said. It's... By the way, shout out to my cousin Stephen Agustinelli who did the uh, the math for us here. Uh, Fifty nine point eight seconds took seventeen minutes to play. Uh yeah, I believe it because the game didn't end until like ten fifteen or after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but State gets the win, seventy nine seventy six over South Carolina. A true grinded-out affair. Uh, everything that we talked about being a physical basketball game, that was the case. Uh, Reggie Perry, double-double, but not how you would expect it. He had to wait until the final moments of the game. He was 2 of 8 from the field tonight, but he did finish with 10 points and 10 rebounds. Abdul Adu was the hero in the front court. 14.7 rebounds, 10 first-half points. He sort of kept state... I don't want to say kept state in it because they led. Yeah, but he kept state up in front. Well, he 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 was the counterpunch to to Kotsar out there going yeah. off. Mike Kotsar in Soviet Russia. <laughs> Every time you talk like that, I think about Armageddon, and this is how we fix it on the Russian yeah. space station, and just starts beating. The I want to go home. <laughs> but he had twenty four points tonight, seven rebounds. Now he had. Uh, 14 in the first half. He was 7 of 7 at one point. Uh, but he finished 11 for 17. So I guess that means he missed uh, 9 of his next 10 shots. Is that right? That's not right. I'm not doing the math right. It's too late. He was math. 7 for his first 7. So yeah. go from there. So then he was 4 for 10 after that. Okay. So yeah. It's way too late for math. Uh, state out rebounds. South Carolina 32-29. They outshoot them 50% to uh, 48%. Big difference on the line. First off, Carolina, who we talked about being a poor shooting free throw shooting team, they did shoot seventy three percent from the line. But State took twenty eight free throw or made twenty eight free throws. Just Carolina's fourteen. That's the difference in the game. Uh, and in the backcourt, State's guards, starting guards, were really really good tonight. Eighteen points from Nick Weatherspoon, who started off like he was plugging to play poorly again. Yeah, but figured it out. Eighteen points, six assists. He did have four turnovers. DJ Stewart's becoming just he's just clutch shooter. He's just good. 16 points, 5 of 7 shooting. He had 2 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, State with 22 turnovers on night. 7 of them were on Reggie Perry, 4 of which were traveling calls. I thought we were pretty sure he was going to get a tech at one point. Yeah, he, he, ended he, up not was, getting he was one. really close. Nick Weatherspoon was close on that foul late in the game. Yeah. To get one as well. He was just a lot. And, and I don't blame Nick either. South Carolina was, they frustrated, frustrated Mississippi State. Yeah. They played physical. We talked about that. We said the you know, State has had some problems with these physical teams. What they hadn't had in the previous games was Abdul Adu to step up and play the way he did, even with fouling out with about 20 seconds to go. He was the difference in this game. And I don't know how many times I've been able to say 
in his career at Mississippi State that Abdul Abdu was the difference, but he was, uh, especially until, like I said, the, the guards got going late. Uh, I kind no, of feel like sometimes with Abdul Abdu, he doesn't get his adieu. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does all the dirty work. He does. He, he, he plays he, defense. Statistically, he, he he frequently doesn't have the greatest of nights because, I mean, when you look at stat sheet, oftentimes what you first look at is points. And, and, and I mean, quite frankly, that's not his – he's not a scorer most nights. But uh, I, I feel like he is a better player than we usually give him credit for. But he, he – uh, yeah, tonight he was clutch, no doubt. He was key in, in state, A, getting the lead and, and B, hanging on to it. Really weird game. Never didn't really have any flow to it. Um, State held the lead. Just looking at it now, State led for thirty-seven minutes and twenty-six seconds. South Carolina only had the lead for a minute, but I never felt like State was in total control or at any time. They got it up by as many as eleven, um, but South Carolina did a pretty good job of going back and forth with them. Um, there was that moment when State had that kind of frantic. 20 seconds or so, had a couple dunks and stretched yeah. out to 9 or 10 or whatever. And you thought, it was. Okay, and you kind they're going to take control here. It. But they didn't. Yeah. And give South Carolina credit. They fought hard. I like what uh, Ben Howland had to say after the game about uh, playing South Carolina, playing a Frank Martin coach team was like getting a root canal. It is that <laughs> painful. And, and South Carolina made it painful for Mississippi State. They, You look at the shooting, South, South Carolina took, 20, took 60 shots, State only took 46. I mean, State was was very selective in their shooting, but they they made they made shots. Uh, they were five of twelve from behind the arcs. They didn't take a, an inordinate amount of three pointers. They basically did what they've been doing all year, which is get the ball inside of their big men. But in this case, it was a do, and let them shoot free throws. Now Perry did shoot well off the line. He was six of seven. Weatherspoon was very active getting to the rim. He shot eight of nine from the line. A do was four of seven. State shot the like I said, twenty eight of thirty six was the final tally uh, for MSU off the free throw line. State. Made a couple of adjustments. They instead of having trying to dump the ball down low to Reggie Perry on the low block, they started lobbing it into him and a do, and that was that they had some success with that. Um, but by and large, it was it was Weatherspoon and Stewart getting to the basket over and over again. That's what broke the game. Not open, but kept State in control in the second half. Yeah, it, it was, and and Ben Howland called this the best win of the year for State. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it is written, but it's definitely well, I mean, the, it's definitely the biggest right now. Um, because now Mississippi State stays. I mean, I don't know what the the next bracketology will say. I guess we'll find out soon. But y- they were what first four out coming into this game, so y- you have to think that they're if they're not in, they're getting close to that last four in or whatever. I don't know where Alabama was, but they took a loss tonight. Obviously, yeah, A and M. They lost to a team at they lost at home to a team that's ranked one thirty four in the net. Yeah, and now of course State goes that's who to State play goes that to team. Play next. Yeah, so as far as State and their tournament hopes, to quote the great Farmer Fran, I say we live to fight another day. <laughs> Did you? I didn't realize, and I guess they play them next, so we can talk about this. Now. I didn't realize A and M is seven and six in the league. Buzz like, Williams is a good basketball coach. He'll have that program turned around. Goodness gracious, man! But yeah, yeah. they're playing well. I mean. State can't it's take not, anything for it's, granted. It's not a gimme. Yeah, even with with their net ranking being what it is, it's not a gimme by any stretch. Yeah, of it's a loss that you especially can't, on the road. You can't take, but yet it's a very losable game. Yeah, you can't you can't lose a a, a, a to a one thirty four net team. You can't not when you're on a bubble. So state has to find a way to win, but it's not going to be easy. None of these games are going to be easy. They're all must win going forward. 
You know, if you want, when you're on the bubble, everything is must win. Now, if we come back in a week and a half and states reeled off three in a row, then maybe we're talking a little different. Then maybe okay, if they drop to Missouri or South Carolina, they'll be all right. But state needs some cushion. They need what are they seventeen and nine now? They need, seventeen and nine, eight. And they five. need to be nineteen and nine when they go to Missouri next Saturday. If they are nineteen and nine going to Missouri, then I think two and one in the final three would get you in, and three and zero oh would get you in for sure. Yeah, who's next Tuesday? Is that Alabama? At, that's Alabama. That's, that's right. That's, that's here. That's here in Starkville. They need those games. They need Reggie Perry to play better. They need a little bit more from Woodard. He had nine and six tonight, but he had two early three pointers, and then he just sort of disappeared for a little while. Yeah, and that's sort of been the story of him these last few games. He hasn't had a he, he hasn't had, had a, a breakout game. game this year. I don't you know has he had a game where he's had gone for like twenty and ten? You know, he had that one. It was a non conference. I forget who they played, but it was a non conference game. He hasn't had, he hasn't played well in conference play. He needs to, needs to do a little bit better. So he didn't get much of anything off the bench. Obviously Tyson Carter, but he was three of nine shooting, one of six from three. Uh, had five turnovers to only three assists, so not a great night for Tyson. Molinar uh, only played nine minutes, got three points, all of them on the free throw line. How many total turnovers did State have? Uh, 22. That, that's been an issue all year long. It has, and they only forced 15. So they were minus, normally minus seven difference in turnovers, you, you lost the game. Yeah. Now, this is a very, this, the stat line for this game is very confusing when you look at it. State turned the ball over more, but they out-rebounded them. They obviously, the, the free throws are, are what stand out. State made 14 more free throws, and they won by three. State has a couple of games like that this year, too. They have uh, against Arkansas, where they, uh, here in Starkville, that game was close, but State yeah. shot a ton more free throws. So, just goes to show you that, you know, this team, there's a little bit of luck right now for MSU. You know they 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 are they are winning some games that maybe they shouldn't be winning, but they're doing the things that they have to do to win those games, and they've put themselves in this position again. Not a lot of margin for error. Their their back is almost against the wall. Maybe not all the way, but right now they're in. You know, right now I would say that this team is going to get in, but I am allowed to change that judgment because it could change at any moment. Oh yeah, I mean if. When we record the Monday show, if they're coming off and loss at A and M, it's changed. Yeah, I mean it's, it's that simple. You know, they, they, if they win their next game, we will continue to kind of see them on a trajectory to be in the tournament. And if they lose it, they're on a trajectory to not be in the tournament. I mean, it's hidden rocket science at this point. You, you, you just as cliche as it is, you hear state guys, players, Ben Howland all keep saying the most important game is the next one. I mean that that's it really literally is true now. that's literally where where you're at in the season at, at this point. So yeah, we'll see what happens uh, Saturday. We'll talk to the team again on Friday uh, prior to MSU baseball. I talked to uh, SID Matt Dunaway tonight. He said they will have a an availability yeah, for us. Eleven fifteen. Oh, has it already been out? It's always in the post game email every week, every game. Yeah, I know that, but he. I talked to him literally 30 minutes ago. He said, I don't know when we're going to meet yet. Well, in the post-game email, it said 11.15 a.m. Friday. Well, we'll so. see what happens. <laughs> Once again, there will be video on at Sports, at Sports Talk, Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah, no question about that. Let's talk a little football before we get out of here. Short podcast because, damn it, I'm tired. Yeah, it uh, is literally three minutes till midnight. So, But we do want to break down these running backs because we, we forgot to do that the other day. Uh, our second spring positional breakdown. Starting with you know this running back position and how it's going to change, it's going to change. Uh, Kylan Hill over 250 carries a season ago, I believe. This year, I would imagine he's closer to he might have around half of that. To be honest with you, could be anywhere between 125 and 150. The difference is if you if you take the word carries and you turn it to touches, 
it's going to be pretty close to the same because I think he's going to catch 60, 70 passes this year. Just first thoughts of Kylan Hill in the air raid offense. Yeah. I'm excited because Mike Leach has never had a running back like this. But at the same time, you you know, part of you feels like they're really not going to let him carry the ball 20-plus times a game. But he's going to get the ball that many times, it feels. Yeah, and I, f- I feel like, I mean, it'll obviously depend upon the success in which State does pass the ball, which Leach passes the ball successfully pretty much everywhere, so you think they're going to have a, uh, some measure of success there. I feel like Kylan Hill is going to have like a monster yards per carry average or something yeah. because just uh, based on the fact that you're coming out basically every play – Four wide, five wide. Well, I mean, I guess if you're five wide, Callen Hill's not in the backfield there. But, um, yeah, you just feel like that that Callen's going to have the opportunity when he does get his his carries to to break off some big runs. But Callen's just a multi talented guy. I'm I'm eager to see uh, what what he can do now that you know he's gonna, you know, be another receiver. Out there, I mean, he he could you could easily see a, a scenario where he's one of state's top two or three receivers this year, right? Yeah. I mean, if if we finish the season well, I mean, and what, he's third, second or third in yardage, nobody's surprised, right? Not in yardage, but the uh, the tailback at Washington State last year, Max Borgie, was I think second in catches. Okay, so now he only averaged uh, like seven yards a catch, and, and that's you know a lot of this is going to be my guess is anyway that he was just catching a lot of checkdowns. Um, Kylan Hill has tweeted a couple times now. You got to be careful with what Kylan Hill tweets, obviously. But he said that they're planning to use him in the slot and some other things. And I'm a fan of that. You know, I'm a fan. I think Kylan Hill is probably the best player MSU has on either side of the ball. And why would you not want to, you know, find some mismatches out there? You know, I think you can put him in the slot for some plays and put Witherspoon or, or one of those other guys uh, into the uh, into the backfield. The other thing that you know that we've we've mentioned in the past that Kylan Hill's not the best pass blocker in the world it doesn't seem like he's going to have to worry about that. He's going to be out in the patterns for the most part, you know. So I think Kylan Hill could have a a season where he I don't think he can get to if he got to a thousand yards on 150 carries. I mean, you're doing really good there. That's almost seven. That's got to be close to seven yards. Again, I'm not doing math right now. Yeah. Um, and then if he you know, but if he has eight or nine hundred yards rushing and eight or nine hundred yards receiving. You're fine. You, you, you're you're going to be just fine with him. So, I, I think that Kylan Hill is. It's, it's going to be very interesting f- to watch him this year because it's going to be so different. But the talent is is too high for him to to not be good. Yeah, I. You know, running back is the position that I think about. Uh, if Mike Leach is at Mississippi State for a long time, and it seems like at all his coaching stops, which are head coaching stops, I mean, there's only been two of them, but. He's been there for a long time, so he doesn't really seem like a guy that's going to be anywhere for two years and then get out kind of thing. So I feel like he'll, you know, probably be here a while, if assuming he gets wins and things. Do you see the running back position eventually becoming a, a – State's always been known for running backs. Yeah. But when you think of the air raid, you don't really think of recruiting a ton of high-caliber running backs. Is that – do you think that's something that's going to change over the course of the next year? I mean, I know no. you got Mark sitting here – no, just came in. And I'll tell you why. Uh, first off, Mississippi always tends to produce good running backs. Yeah. Um, so many running high school teams. Yeah. I mean, they're just athletes that, that can can play that position. But at the same time, 
Leach's offense can make you valuable for the NFL for two reasons. One, you don't have as much tread on your tire. You're not sure. carrying the ball as much. And you show that you can be a viable threat in the passing game. So I don't think, you know, State's still going to get high three-star and four-star running backs, I think. You know, obviously they have to, you know, a lot a lot will happen this year with Kylan Hill, and they show how they use him, and then they just sort of go from there. you got to remember, you got two four-star running backs. I, mean, I think Dylan Johnson was a four-star, maybe a three. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But you've got two young guys there. So, you, you, I mean, you look at this class coming up, you probably need a running back, but it's not a huge priority for you because you got two true freshmen that can play there. And I think Dylan Johnson is a guy – for me, that I, I could see being a big part of a leech offense, but not this year. Yeah. And Marks, is, Marks was recruited because they thought he could be a big play running back. That's what Moorhead thought, that he could be the kind of Saquon Barkley type of running back that could you know, get you 8, 9, 10, 12 yards of carry. And so I don't see why that would be an issue for Mike Leach. I think you know his, his offense should, should set up some, some good situations for him. The guy who's sort of the odd man out for me is Kareem Walker. Who is a true, you know, looking at him, he looks like a, a three yards in a cloud of dust kind of tailback. Yeah. I don't know what his role is here. I think Lee Witherspoon can have a role because he's got speed. I don't know what Kareem Walker's role is. Now, you if people who listen to the show know that I have been saying since he got that since he wasn't here on time last fall that I have my doubts that Kareem Walker ever makes a big contribution for Mississippi State. But in this offense, his his He's the Keaton Thompson here, basically, that I don't see where he's going. Yeah. And he's <laughs> he he's out of cards to play as far as going somewhere else, too. Yeah. So, I mean, he's just here. And uh right. He doesn't have a He's I mean, done. He's so so yeah, he he's he does like you said, kind of feel like the square peg in the round hole in this in this whole equation. Um That said, he, even at Moorhead State, I still don't hundred percent know what, what what you'd have seen out of him. I mean, he's just a he's just kind of a wild card sitting there. Um but but yeah, the, the air raid I don't know that he's had a I, I'd need to do a little more uh looking back, but how many like receptions does he have in his career? You know, is he, is he a guy that that uh that has traditionally caught a lot of passes? Well, I mean, he hasn't carried the ball a lot. Yes, it's true. Much less catching. This isn't, you know, he's not you know, your average, uh, you know, transfer here. He's the guy who went to, you know, I mean, he's, he's got five carries in his career. <laughs> yeah. You know, one, and no catches. Yeah. So, I mean, six foot one, 211 pounds. I mean, it, I just, I, I just don't say, I mean, in all reality, let's, let's be, let's be, be totally honest here with how this is going to work. That state, their running back recruiting the past few years has not been great. They missed out on John Emery, uh, so they this they had, they had to go with Kareem Walker. You know, the year before that, Ladamian Webb sort of screwed them over, uh, didn't get eligible. Now he's headed to Florida State, so you didn't get a running back in that class. This last class, like I said, you you put all of your 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 chips on the table for John Emery. He ends up going to LSU, and you sort of have to, you know, you find Lee Witherspoon, who's a very undervalued prospect, I thought, and but you felt like you needed another guy. And so, and Walker was just sort of the best best available guy. And really, you recruited him off of his high school profile. Nothing he did at junior college made you think, okay, this guy could be an SEC running back. But he was a four star, highly recruited running back out of high school. And now you've gone and you've recruited another two highly recruited guys. Yeah. But I mean, it just feels like he's the 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 shuffle is there, and he's being lost in it. So 
I don't expect much from Kareem Walker this year. I think that that Hill will rush for 800 to 1,000 yards, which is crazy. You, you, if you, I, th- I think if you had told me he was coming back and Moorhead was still the coach, A, I wouldn't think State would be going to be very good offensively, but I would think that Kylans would still get thirteen to 1,400 yards. So even in a more prolific offense, I'm taking off anywhere from 300 to 600 yards, depending on how you want to look at it. But I think he makes that up in receiving yardage. I think Witherspoon can play a big role, and I think they'll try their best to, to redshirt at least one of Marks and Johnson. Uh, you know, and the thing is, the great thing is, you know, you have you got two guys; they can each play four games, so you can separate that. You can have one guy playing four games and another guy playing another four games as your third running back. Um, and the simplicity of the offense leads me to believe that these guys could contribute. Both of those guys could; they could redshirt and still put up some. Some, some some interesting statistics that make you think for next year you've, you've got something going there. But again, it all comes back down to I have no idea. Oh, by the way, I screwed this up. Kareem Walker has 20 carries. I was looking at games, but still. What are we talking the, about? We don't have anything much to go on. I guess 20 carries for 68 yards. It's where I was going with that earlier, even when I asked, though, was that we just don't have, don't have any, anything. anything to go on to say that he's going to be – Successful. I mean, he's just an unknown. Right. Whereas I, I do feel like the other guys, you kind of know what you got in, yeah. in their skill sets. I just don't know that with Kareem Walker that, that he's a guy you think of when you think air raid. But, hey, we'll see. Yeah. I think that uh, – I think Kylan Hill – I don't think he can be all SEC in this offense because people are going to just rush for so many more yards than him. I think that Najee Harris uh, – Somebody like uh, Zamir White at Georgia. Um, honestly, maybe a, if one of the running backs at Ole Miss, if Connor or Ely were to grab the reins, that would be a, a guy that would be a candidate. Um, I don't know who's replacing Edwards for Lair. I don't know if it's going to be Emory or, or what down there at LSU, but we'll see. Obviously, it's the SEC. Obviously, a ton of, of great running backs always in, in this, this conference. And, and Hill's going to put up big numbers, but I just think his rushing yards, people are just going to look at that. You know, it's just, oh, he only rushed for 800 yards. It won't matter that he caught 75 passes for 750 yards. So He'll probably be preseason. Probably because they'll look at the last value. year's well, number look at, yeah, and the, the name value, value and he led the league in rushing a year ago. Well, I'd be surprised in the regular season. Well, right now, if I said Kylan Hill over under 900 rushing yards, what would you say? I feel like over. You feel like over? Okay. Well, if I, I say. like. Over under six hundred and fifty receiving yards. Hmm. I'm gonna say under, but I would. I feel like like slightly under. Well, I mean, if he catches seventy passes and he's only I say like I, I would have. If you had told me to guess a receiving yards number, I, I would have probably said like four fifty five hundred. Okay. Well, even then, what you're saying, he's got about fourteen hundred yards, and if he has, you know, I mean, does that does that sound about right to you? What would you say? Well, let's just you know, let's just look. Let's look at what, what Max Borgie did last year, and assume you know again, we're, we're making an assumption that he can. Uh, and by predicting that Kylan Hill would have 500 yards, we're saying he's he is one of the. Because yeah. I mean, Satan had a 500 yard receiver in, yeah. since 2016. Last year, so. Borgie on 127 carries rushed for 817 yards. He caught 86 passes for 597 yards. But I think that Kylan Hill is a better player. I think if you get Kylan Hill 86 catches, he might be around 800 yards receiving. What bore you average per carry? Six and a half. 
See, couldn't you see a scenario where Kylan's averaging seven yards a carry? That's a lot a carry. I know. 125 times seven is uh, over 900 yards. I mean, you'd be over what you said. So, I don't know. He also he scored a total of 16 touchdowns last year. So, so last year, from scrimmage, Borgie was good for 213 plays for 1,414 yards, 6.6 yards per touch, and 16 touchdowns. That could be all SEC, I guess. It's just difficult to wrap my head around the idea of an all-SEC running back not being a 1,000-yard rusher. This is just another one of these things. Another one of these, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, quandaries that you and I and everybody else who follows Mississippi State is going to have to start getting used to, that things are going to be different. And then with Witherspoon, I think if you get 300 and 300 out of him, you're doing pretty good. You know, let's, see, let's see if I can find here who their second running back was. So their second running back was, okay, well, maybe not. They really, they really just put it all on Borgie. Dion McIntosh, he only had 16 carries and 17 catches. So maybe so then. Well, maybe that's a situation yeah. where, like, Kylan Hill's going to get all the action. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and. Interesting. Yeah, looking at it now, I was right that Borgie was second in catches, but he was. If I'm reading this right, sixth in yards. Yeah. yeah. The, the leading receiver for – I'm sorry. He led the, the team with catches. That's crazy. A running back leading the team in catches, and it's 86. Normally, if a running back leads the team in catches, he only has like – you're just not a good passing team. And he's got like 35 catches. Yeah. He had 86. Uh, Aesop Winston had 85. Brandon Arconado had 78. Gosh, these numbers are just crazy to look at. I can't wrap my head around it, man. Like what we're about to witness here come come September. It's unlike anything I've seen in my lifetime at Mississippi State. And again, I think that probably is the truth for, for most of yeah. you. But I, Again, I said this. I, I tweeted this out months ago when Bleach got hired, but Osiris Mitchell, with his 430 yards receiving, would have been eighth. Eighth. Here are the numbers. For yardage, 1109, 970, 762, 597, 579, 564, 536. Never mind Mississippi State fans. SEC fans are going to I – mean, there's never been an SEC team to do stuff like this. Never. Even with Kentucky. I, that's what I was going to say. I, I can't recall what Kentucky did whenever – You can make me look it up. But let's go 1997. Look at you. We should have done our research beforehand. That'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't anything like this. It really wasn't. I mean, they, they had big numbers. But, I mean, Couch threw for 38-84. And, you know, Anthony, sort of similar, I guess. Anthony White was their leading runner, rusher. 129 carries for 723 yards. 59 catches for 453 yards. So, sort of similar to what we're talking about. They had another running back who did get big carries, Derek Homer. He had 88 carries for 502 yards. From a receiving standpoint, that team, top, they had – they only had three guys over 500. But, you know, different era of college football, too. Craig East had 873 yards. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Kevin Coleman, 621. Keo Sanford, 516. And then everybody else, 453, 377, 366. So, I mean, they threw for a lot of yards. Yeah. And that year, Couch, I mean, threw 37 touchdowns, but he threw uh, 19 interceptions. They, they were there in 98, too. Let me see how 
So yeah, in '98, which I guess is that's year two. Yeah, year two, Craig Yeast went 85 for 1311 on the catches and, and, and touchdowns. He was first team All SEC, as I recall. Um, so yeah, it's just you know we'll talk a lot more. Receivers is going to be like a whole show almost. Yeah, because we have to figure out. I mean, like I said, here here's here's Kentucky, but go back to Washington State, and I, and I got seven guys over 500 yards receiving. So if State's close to that, let's just say they got seven guys over 300 yards receiving. Who's the seven? Who are the seven? <laughs> you know that's that that's that's going to take some some searching and some thought for us. Uh, no question about it. All right, guys. Again, if you uh, are on Twitter tomorrow around two o'clock, I'll have live video of Coach Lamonis's press conference. We will find out the uh, the extent, or, or we will find out if JT Ginn is injured at all. Could maybe it's just could be the rumor mill. It seems like it's it's real. But uh, you know, you never know. I mean, the rumor mill is this, this is the same people who gave us Billy Napier, Mississippi State head coach. <laughs> so you never you never know. We'll find out for sure tomorrow. Check out that video, and then of course, Thunder and Lightning on Friday. We will have a full report and a full preview of Mississippi State's trip. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Mississippi State's three game set with Oregon State. Plus, we will look at MSU's trip to Texas A&M, another must win game for the basketball dogs. Have a great. Thursday for Joel T. Coleman. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.